Please light the fire that once burned bright and clear. Replace the lamp of my first love that burned with holy fear. The Lord has given us free will as a gift. He's given us free will as a gift. He doesn't force you to love him. He doesn't put you in bondage to love him. He doesn't chain you down. He's given each and every one of us in this room free will. Each and every person watching, he's given you free will. It's a gift. And it's this divine balance that we see play throughout history of him giving us this free will and this free choice while he sits and waits for us. He sits and waits for us to repent. He sits and waits for us to turn our hearts to have a transformation. To say, Jesus, I'm sorry, I'm done. He sits and he waits and he gives us so much grace. He gives us opportunity after opportunity. He gives us signs. He gives us dreams. He speaks to us. And he says, turn your hearts towards me. Follow my word. I've given you free will, but I've given you direction too. I've shown you the path through my son, Jesus. I've given you a blueprint. I've given you a voice in my Holy Spirit to speak to you, to guide you, to lead you. I've given you the tools, but you have to choose. You have to choose to be a part of this. It's your choice in Psalm 81 verse 10. I'm going to read the Bible today if that's okay. Is that okay with everybody in this room? Can I hear you this morning? Can I read the word of God? In Psalm 81 verse 10, he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. He goes on in verse 11. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. He goes on in verse 13. He says, if my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. You would only listen. Turn from your ways. How quickly, how quickly we like to go through life and call things a struggle. But the Lord is saying, if you would just turn, just turn, just choose. Just choose me. Just choose this. Before you pick anything else up, pick this Bible up. I did that for the last six days. I picked my Bible up before I touched anything else. So just choose me before you respond to a text, before you look and scroll and do all that other stuff, whatever you're doing, choose me first and how quickly, how quickly I would turn, how quickly my hand would go against that situation. But you have to choose. 
You have to make the choice. I don't know about anybody in here, but on Tuesday when we got the results of that vote, I felt it. Anybody in here with the sensitive spirit felt that? We're in a place right now where we have to choose. We have to choose. We have to choose this day whom we will serve. And if we choose to serve Jesus, it is time. It is time in this moment that we have to be on fire. We have to be on fire. We have to be a living stone being built into a spiritual house prepared to do the work of the Lord. That stands strong against opposition. That stands strong against opinion. That stands strong against violence and attack. We have to choose as this house right now more than ever. Truth will be under attack. The truth will be under attack moving forward. And we have to choose. Because we don't, it says it in Psalm 81. I'll give you over to your stubborn ways. You have free will. I gave it to you. God said, I gave you free will. Go ahead. If you want to be stubborn, you want to be hard-headed, you want to do what you want to do, how you want to do it, go ahead. I'll let you. Because I love you, I'll let you. But when you turn, watch how quickly my hand will go against your enemies. The title of my message today is called Rebuild. The title of my message is called Rebuild. In church, at this time, at this hour... I feel the Holy Spirit saying so strongly, it's time to rebuild. It's time to rebuild. We've lost our way. We've been scattered. How do you know? Look at these seats. There's empty ones in this room. We've been scattered. There's people missing. We lost our way. We've turned our backs. We haven't been living fully. We done got comfortable. And today we're going to look at Ezra, we're going to look at Nehemiah, we're going to look at these stories and how they brought people back. They brought the Israelites back together. They have been destroyed by the Babylonians, their city destroyed. People spread out off into exile, 52 years, spread into exile, scattered. Their identity's gone. And we can look at Nehemiah 928. If we check this out, it says it kind of gives us a state of where Israel was at during this time. It gives us kind of a look into where the nation was at. And this is when Nehemiah is confessing the sins of the people. But he says, actually, I'm sorry, I'm going to do 29, actually. (laughs) He said, you warned them in order to turn them back to your law, but they became arrogant and disobeyed your commands. Sound like anybody we know. (laughs) Don't look at your neighbor. (laughs) They sinned against your ordinances, of which you said the person who obeys them will live by them. Stubbornly, 
they turned their backs on you, became stiff-necked, and refused to listen. For many years, you were patient with them, but your spirit, you warned them through your prophets. Yet they paid no attention, so you gave them into the hands of the neighboring peoples. But in your great mercy, you did not put an end to them or abandon them. For you are a gracious and merciful God, even though we are being stubborn, even though our nation is stubborn, even though the people that we know who are not in this room maybe have stiff necks and are being stubborn. He has not abandoned them. He's not abandoned them. Even when we act beneath our calling, even when we don't follow this word completely, he has not abandoned us. He is a gracious God. And thank you, Jesus, for that, because without it, we would be done. We would be finished. He goes on in verse 32, he says, Now therefore our God, the great God, mighty and awesome, who keeps his covenant of love, do not not let all this hardship seem trifling in your eyes. The hardship that has come on us, on our kings and leaders, on our priests and prophets, on our ancestors and all your people from the days of the kings of Assyria until today, in all that has happened to us, you have remained righteous. You have acted faithfully, we acted wickedly. Our kings, our leaders, our priests, and our ancestors did not follow your law. They did not pay attention to your commandments or statutes you warned them to keep. Even while they were in their kingdoms, enjoying your great goodness to them in the spacious and fertile land you gave them, they did not serve you or turn from their evil ways. But see, we are slaves today. Slaves in the land you gave our ancestors so they could eat its fruits and the other good things it produces. Because of our sin, its abundant harvest goes to the kings you have placed over us. They rule over our bodies and our cattle as they please. We are in great distress. We are in great distress. We're slaves, slaves to the culture of this world. Slaves to the spirit of gratification. Slaves to the spirit of gratification, to the kings of this world, to the kings of this culture. It says our bodies are not our own. They are over our bodies. They're over our bodies while we scream, my body, my choice. While we scream, we can choose what gender we want to be. While we scream, we can kill fully grown children. And call it freedom. We are slaves. We are slaves to the kings of this world. They own our bodies. They own our cattle. They own our children. They own our offspring. But you haven't left. You haven't left us. And you're still here. Waiting. Say, open your heart up to me and I'll fill it. Open up and I'll fill you. Open up and I will fill you, church. Keep going in your arrogant, stubborn ways and I'll let you go. But if you would just turn, see how quickly I'll move on your behalf. If you would just turn, see how quickly. If you would just pick this up first. See how quickly. After 50 years of them being scattered by the Babylonians, King Cyrus, there's three men that we're going to talk about today. First and foremost, I'll say this name pretty bad, but his name is Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. He was sent to rebuild the temple. 
King Cyrus said, yes, you can go. You can rebuild the temple. Do your thing. Rebuild it. And he did. Zerubbabel rebuilt the temple. And the people were excited. They were happy. The people that were still remaining there in Jerusalem, they were happy. They were excited. Then came Ezra. Ezra was a scholar. He knew the law. He knew the law of Moses. He knew the rules of God. He spoke the truth. They said, Ezra, go and bring people back. Bring people back. They sent Ezra to go and clean it up. He said, we have the place. Now, Ezra, you go and you set the standard. In church today, we have to set a standard. We have to set a standard. We have to choose what we will believe and what we will stand upon, whether it will be the doctrine of this world or the doctrine of this word. There has to be one or the other. There's no more room for both. There's no more room for both. In the state that we are in now, we don't have room. We don't have space. We don't have time for both. He said, Ezra, go and clean these up. And so Ezra began to call the scattered people home. Call the people back. Call that family member. Call that friend. Call this city. Call this nation and say, it's time to come home. It's time to come home. But Ezra didn't just call the people back. He called them back and said, hey, it's time to clean up. You're not just here to continue living the way you were before. You're home. Now that you're home, it's time to clean up. He said, we've seen what happens when we mix this world with the holy. We've seen what happens when we bring the mixture in. We've seen King Solomon who was given divine wisdom. He knew everything. He was so smart, so wise, that he began to rely on his own thoughts and neglect the truth of God. He took foreign wives. Why? Because he started to think based on the standards of this world. He said, yeah, you know what? It would be smart because if I marry her, we'll have a smart alliance. There'll be a good military alliance if I marry a woman from this tribe, from this nation. And there began to be a mixture. Because based on the standards of this world, it was smart. What he was doing was smart. But he went against what God said. He went against the truth of what God said. And Ezra said, we've seen this. I saw what happened to King Solomon, the wisest king. We don't have room for that now. He said, you're home. It's time to clean up. It's time to get rid of those foreign things, those foreign wives. He decreed it. As those people came in, he said, hey, look, if you married to one of the people from these outside nations, if you mixed in the world with the holy It's time for them to go. He was serious. Tell them to get their things and go. Because we don't have room. We've seen it time and time again. We've seen the Israelites come into the promised land and not drive out the Canaanites completely. We've seen King Solomon sit on his throne with divine wisdom and not be pure before God. And what happens is when you mix, when you give a foothold, when you give just a little bit, it takes over. And it stops us from being where we're supposed to be. So as you're coming in, it's time for you to kick the old out. We have to get rid of the old. We have to get rid of the old. The things of this world have to go. Performance has to go. This stage is not a platform to perform. We're not here putting on shows. This microphone is not a platform for performance. This isn't a show. Unbiblical doctrine. It has to go. 
We don't live upon the standards of this world. They have to go. We called you home. Now clean up. Get rid of the old. Because even if there's a speck, we can't be where God wants us to be. We have to believe in every word that comes from his mouth. Every single word. We don't have the time anymore. We have to get rid of the, the old. We have to stand firm. Right now more than ever, there has to be truth. There's two genders. Boy, girl. Male, female. Adam, Eve. One, two. That's it. There's two. Life is sacred. Life is sacred. We believe it. From the time of conception, life is sacred. Marriage is sanctified. I have friends that are my age, I'm 28 years old, they done been through two divorces. Marriage is sacred. Life is sacred. <laughs> Drugs are bad. <laughs> when, what, hap- what happened to D.A.R.E.? Y'all don't even have D.A.R.E. no more, probably. What happened to resist drugs and violence? <laughs> we have to be true. We have to stand on truth. We have to get rid of the old. We can't come back. We can't come home. We can't move forward. We can't build this city mixing in this world. Once we step in, we have to say, okay, it's time. All that old stuff's got to go. But it's my wife. Well, either you go with her or she's got to go. You pick. Because we don't have room. We don't have room. Well, I believe a little bit in yoga. Oh, okay, well. We don't have room. But I like my crystals. I like my horoscopes. We don't have room. But I want to perform on stage. We don't have room. We only have room for servants. That's all we have room for here. Servants who are built upon a foundation of truth. That's all we have room for. That's all we have. It's simple. It's simple and it's true. They sent Nehemiah. Nehemiah has a, it's a, it's a beautiful book. And as I prepared this message, it was hard because I'm like, man, I could preach for like three hours on Nehemiah because there's so much, <laughs> so rich. Each piece of it was so rich just from the beginning when he had to ask the king if he could go rebuild that wall. If he could rebuild the wall around Jerusalem He had the audacity, the heavenly audacity to step to the king of this world and say, hey, I'd like to rebuild the wall around our nation, and I want you to pay for it. (laughs) An opposing nation that was destroyed, that you conquered. I want to rebuild our wall, and I want you to pay for it. He had the audacity. Why? He knew the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. He wasn't afraid. He didn't, he didn't waver. And that's the theme through the entire book. He did not waver. Every challenge he faced, every step of opposition, every moment where there was something going on, he said, you know what? I'm okay. I know God's hand is on this. 
And when God's hand is on your life, when God's hand is on your plans, when God's hand is upon you, there is no weapon formed against you that will prosper. You understand? There's no weapon formed against you that will prosper. They can sit there and talk and scream and yell and they could gang up around and look like an insurmountable army. But guess what? You step forward with the audacity of heaven. I don't care what that looks like. I don't care what this world looks like. I know whose hand is on me. His hand's a lot bigger than y'all's. <laughs> is the truth. I don't have to worry. But Nehemiah was sent to rebuild the wall. The king said yes. And he began to use the tribes, the different peoples that were scattered, that came back. They each had a role to play. They said, okay, group over here, section over here, sitting. you go rebuild the fish gate. This section, I want you to go rebuild the sheep gate. This section here, you're going to rebuild the tower. Over here, you're going to rebuild the east gate as well. So each of us have a part to play. Each of us have a role to play, but it's going to take everyone. It's going to take everyone. You know what he said to them? He said, you have to, some of the nobles, because there were still people that had some money, even though they were scattered, the people living in Jerusalem, he told the nobles, he said, you have to forgive your debts. You can't be charging my people out here their debts while they're trying to rebuild our nation's walls. We can't do it. And church, that's a message for us today. You can't be charging people, holding resentment, holding anger, holding grudges, holding on to pain that doesn't belong to you, holding on to justification. You got to let it go. If we're going to be able to build this, if we're going to be able to build this wall of truth, if we're going to be able to build this kingdom of heaven, if we're going to be able to bring heaven onto earth, you have to let go of those debts. You have to let go of those debts. Amen. You don't get to walk around with blame. You don't get to walk around with resentment. I know it hurt. Let it go. He paid. It's already been paid for. You carrying something that was already paid for. You're doing a job that was already done. You have to let it go. If you want this kingdom to be established, if you want this wall of truth to be established in your life, you have to let that go. You have to let it go. Stop charging people. Oh, you treated me that way, so I get to. No. Let it go. Can't walk in here with resentment. You got to let it go because we need you. We need everybody, even the person that hurt you, even the person that did you wrong, the person that did you dirty, person that threw a bomb in the middle of your life and then walked away. We need them too. It's hard. We have to sacrifice. Nehemiah said that throughout the building project, they allotted food for him. He was the governor. They said they allotted food for him to eat, and not once did he eat of the governor's food. Gave it to the people. He gave it to the workers. It's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us our comfort. We might not feel comfortable. We might not get to eat the governor's food. But we have to give it. We have to give it. Give it to the workers. Give it to the people that need it. It's a sacrifice. 
especially if you're a leader. It's a sacrifice. If you're a leader in your family, it's a sacrifice. It's hard. I know it. You don't get to feel, right? You don't get to cry like everybody else and scream and cause a fit. It's a sacrifice. It costs something. And we all have a part to play. I just want to talk to our generations in the room for a second. First with the elders. First and foremost, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for running this race. Thank you for laying the foundation. Thank you for setting this standard, building this platform, building these buildings. Thank you. But I ask that you won't quit. Finish well. Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. He's the God over your end. And I need you to finish well. Because I need to see what it looks like. Please, I'm serious. I'm going to cry, but I'm serious. I need to see how it looks. I need to see what I need to look like. I need to see what the foundation looks like at the end. Not just the beginning. It's easy to start stuff. I need to see people finish. So don't grow weary. Finish well. Don't quit. We were at Trip to Hell the other night, and you were there all night. You were there all night. I was walking out at 1 in the morning. I saw Mama C over there. I said, what you doing? <laughs> I said, what you doing out at this hour? She said, you don't know how I used to get down. <laughs> she said, you don't know who you messing with. I said, amen. <laughs> she said, I might sleep for the next week straight, but I, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I said, amen. <laughs> I said, you don't know who you're talking to. I, I know it. <laughs> amen, but finish well. In Luke 21, verse 28, it says, when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift your heads because your redemption is drawing near. These things are happening in this world. This world is blowing up setting on fire, going crazy. Jesus is telling you, lift your heads up. Your redemption is drawing near. Finish well. Elders, finish well. Finish the foundation. Don't quit. Keep going. To the parents, to the men and women in this room, you have to set the standard. You have to set the standard. Pastor Dominic said it so well one time. I forgot where we were at. But he said, what you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. You have to set the biblical standard. If you forget some days to read your word, if you just skip church every now and then, you only come on holidays. Your kids will never be here. When it's their turn to conduct their lives, when it's their turn to make their choices, don't think for a second that just because you missed, or you only came sometimes, they're going to do the same. No, no, no. They'll be gone. 
that bottle you ran to on those hard days, they're going to run to it every day. The way you treated people when you got real angry sometimes, that'll be the bar. Set the bar. Set the standard. Be a people that love Jesus in excess so that your children know, so that your kids know the truth, the truth of who they are, the truth of this word. Get them to church. Get them to DSM. Set the bar. You come to church. You serve. Set the standard. That's your job. That's your job in this build. That's your job in building this wall. You have to set the bar. Show them. It's up to you. And young people, (laughs) that was crazy. Young people, (laughs) you're in a position of power and influence that's never been seen on this planet. You're in a position of power and influence that has never been seen on this planet in the entire history of our world. You have more influence in your pocket than the president of the United States had for the past 50 to 100 years. You have more influence right now. Your voice can be heard across the world right now. It's not time for you to cower back and hide behind popular opinion. It's not time for you to say, oh, well, I'm shy, so I'm not going to worship. I'm just going to stand here like this. That's not time for that. When you step into this room, when you step into these environments, when you step into your homes, your friend group, your social circles, your school, how you act online, you stand up and you be bold. You stand up and you be bold and you say, I know who Jesus is. I don't care what the culture says. I don't care what these people think. I know who Jesus is. When I step into this room, I throw my hands up in worship. I don't cower back. I don't care what all these other people are looking at me. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, Jesus, I love you for me, for me, not for your grandma, your auntie, your uncle, your mom, dad. It doesn't matter for you. Know who he is for yourself and worship him. Because you have the power. It's like Spider-Man. You have great power, but you have responsibility that comes with it. Stop wasting your time. It's not the time to be timid. I don't care if that's how you feel. I feel the same way. You think I'm comfortable up here in front of all these people? I'm not. It's not the time. The world is crumbling. The moral fabric is crumbling. It's not the time for you to care about how you feel. You have to be strong and stand up. Salt and light, you're not supposed to be like this world. It's not who you've been called to be. You shouldn't blend in. They should call you the weirdo that loves Jesus. Be proud of that. But everybody is going to face ridicule. Everybody is going to face mocking. Everybody is going to face opposition. Nehemiah faced it at every turn of this wall. They begin to build it just a little bit. The surrounding nations mocked him. They said, man, even a fox could jump on that wall and it would crumble. That little old wall they're trying to build up, it'll never work. They built it up some more. They started to plot. They said, we need to get this thing 
to halt a little bit. They tried to intimidate him. They said, we'll attack. We'll attack. Started to manipulate him. Hey, Nehemiah, come get lunch with us so we can discuss how we can help you with the, with the wall. <laughs> Nehemiah said, I'm good. We got lunch here. <laughs> said, thank you. Thank you for your offer. Thank you, world, for trying to make this look enticing. But I'm okay. I got everything I need in this word of God. I got everything I need right there in that Bible. I got everything I need right here in the house of God. That look, well, thank you for trying to make that look fun. But I'm okay. I'm, I got it. We're good right here. You want to make jokes? You want to mock? You want to call us stupid? You want to make fun of what we're trying to build? You want to poke holes in it? That's fine. My convictions of who Jesus is are stronger than any opinion that this world can offer. Let me say it for the people over here because I think you guys might be asleep. My convictions, my convictions of who Jesus is are stronger than any opinion that this world has to offer. Not an, yeah, not an opinion. My convictions. What I know. Who I know him to be. Who I know his word says he is. What I know. Not what I feel. Feelings change. Feelings can be moved. Feelings can be shifted. Feelings can be manipulated. But my convictions, my roots, they are rooted in him. And you can mock, you can joke, you can talk, you can conspire, you can try to manipulate. But who I know Jesus to be, who I know Jesus to be is greater than anything you can conjure up from hell. So you sit there and keep making your jokes. Sit there and keep trying to manipulate. I got everything I need right here. This is it. This is all I need. That's it. It's enough. But we see, we see the people, the surrounding nation say, okay, well, we're going to attack. We'll attack you then. You don't want to fall for it. We don't, you don't want to fall for the manipulation. You didn't want to stop when we mocked you. Okay, we'll gather our armies and we'll attack you. And that's what it's coming to. We haven't got it there yet, but it's going that way. They're going to attack. They're going to attack. And Nehemiah said, okay, that's fine. Everybody who's building on this wall, at night, you sleep inside the wall because you're going to work as guards as well. We're going to appoint men to stand around this wall and protect it. Men of this church, you have to stand upon truth and protect it. Don't be swayed. Don't be shaken. Don't, not now. It's not time for that. You have to stand firm. You have to stand strong. You have to protect it. With your dying breath, you have to protect it. It's worth every, every single time. It's worth it. You have to stand on it. Nehemiah said every single one of our workers, they're going to work with one hand, they're going to hold a sword in the other. You want to attack? Okay. We'll be ready. 
We'll be ready. We'll be ready. We'll sit here and we'll do the work that the Lord has told us to do with one hand. And in the other hand, I'll have this ready for you anytime. You come on over here. I got it. I got it. You can come and attack. You can come and say what you want. You can come and try to cancel. You can come and try to talk trash. You can come and try to attack with whatever tactic from hell you want. But I'm going to keep this sword in my hand. I'm going to keep this sword in my hand. And church, that is what God is telling you right now is you have to keep this sword in your hand. We are here building. We are here serving. We are here living this life, bringing heaven unto earth. You have to keep this sword in your hand. You have to keep this word in your heart. You can't go out into this world without this word in your heart. Keep the sword on you. You have to keep your sword on you. When you speak to people, you better have it ready. They're going to attack you. You hateful. You're this, you're that. You You better have your sword ready. They're going to tell you what you think. You better have the sword. And we're going to build. And we're going to keep on building. Why? Because God's hand is upon us. God's hand is upon us. His favor is with us. We don't have to worry. We're going to hold on to what he's given us, this truth, this weapon. And we're going to keep on doing what he's called us to do. No matter what the state of the things around us look like. Hold on to this sword. Hold on. We got to get back to it. I'm using my Bible today. I'm not, I'm not doing screens and all that. I'm going to use my Bible because that's what needs to happen. It's all good. Thank you. These are my bookmarks, by the way. I got pictures of my former students from DSM. And I always post them if you follow me. I say, look who's preaching with me today. And it's one of them. So I got all of them today. <laughs> we got to keep this sword on us. David preached it on Thursday. He said the days of the lukewarm Christian are over. It's done. It's done. We have no place for you anymore. You're doing more damage than you're doing good. You're giving us a fake name out here, a fake representation of what we believe. I believe in Jesus sometimes, but I also vote yes on issue one. I believe in Jesus sometimes, but I also accept this and accept that. Stop. Either come or go. Either come or go. Leave the world at the door or go live in the world. Turn to your ways. God will let you go. He said you have free will. But if you choose to turn, turn completely. 100%. Those days are over. The halfway in, halfway out. It's done. We got to preach the truth. We have to have this weapon. We have to have this weapon. All the time. Keep your sword on you. When you preach, preach the word. What? (laughs) When you preach, preach the word. The days of Christian themed motivational speeches are done. 
that's done. You have to preach the word of God. If you step up on this stage, you preach this word. When you talk to somebody, you preach this word. Speak the word. Revelation 2.4. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Do the things you did at first. Repent. Preach the word. Lead souls to heaven. Bring heaven to earth. That's the will of the Father. When you pray, you pray the word of God. Lord, we repent. We ask that you will turn our hearts to the things that were of you. The things we did at first when it was just you and us and we felt so close to your heart. Return our hearts to you. Return our hearts to when it was just you and me. Before I added in, before I tried to mix in, before I tried to perform, before I did anything else, return my heart to where it was just you and me. When all that mattered was to spread the word of God, tell people that Jesus loves them and lead them into the kingdom of heaven to build your heaven on this earth, to rebuild this wall of truth. Return our hearts, Lord. Amen. You pray the word. Speak the word. When you worship, sing the word. What's the song? It says, oh, Lord, please light the fire that once burned bright and clear. Replace the lamp of my first love. That burned with holy fear. You preach the word, you pray the word, you sing the word. That's how you rebuild. That's how you rebuild. That's how you rebuild the wall with truth, with your sword in hand. And as I close, when they completed the wall, Nehemiah went through the nation, the people that were living there. They brought more people in. They built homes. They rebuilt the wall. They completed it. They dedicated it unto the Lord. He said, Lord, yeah, amen. They rebuilt it. They dedicated it unto the Lord. They said, Lord, we are returning. We are returning to your ways. Our first love. We give our all, we give our first fruits unto you. And Nehemiah walked through at the end of the book and he saw things starting to waver and he grabbed them. He said, absolutely not. He said, turn your way right now. He said, we're not doing this in this wall. He said, we're not going back to the old ways. We're not letting people in our walls to sell on the Sabbath. I see that this temple hasn't been kept up. We give our first fruits. We serve here. We tithe here. We lead people to Jesus here in this house. 
We don't mix foreign with holy. World and heaven don't mix. We bring the purity of heaven to earth. Nehemiah walked around the gates and he said, we got to get rid of that. Turn back. Abide by the law. Abide by the truth. And today, church, as I close, I want to invite you to stand to your feet. in this room today and you say you know what Lord I'm going to rebuild that broke our heart on Tuesday that broke our heart when that family member did that broke my heart when I got hurt by that person broke my heart when I lost that but I'm going to let it go I'm going to rebuild and focus on you and you alone. I'm going to stand firm on your truth. I'm going to keep my sword in my hand while I build your kingdom and establish it here on this earth. If that's you and you'll do that today, if you take that covenant today to do it, I want you with your eyes closed to just raise your hands to heaven. Say, Lord, give me that burden. Give me that burden. Give me that burden for truth. Give me that burden to rebuild the wall. Lord, I let go of resentment. I let go of offense. I let go of blame. Lord, my convictions are rooted in you. Lord, I ask that you will just grow the convictions in this room right now. Deepen the convictions in this room right now to be stronger than the opinions of this world, to be stronger than anything that could come against them, Lord. And Lord, I pray that every person in this room with their hands raised to heaven will be equipped with your words, will be equipped with your truth, that they won't move until they've received a word from you. That each and every day when they wake up, the first thing they reach for is your word. Lord, give them a sword. So as they build, as they establish this truth, as they establish this kingdom of heaven on earth, that they will have a sword in their hand, ready. If anybody would even attempt, any spirit from hell would even attempt, they will be ready. Jesus, I thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, we repent. We repent and turn our hearts towards you. And we wait in awe of how quickly you will move and on our behalf, tear down these territories that the enemy has established. We wait in awe and wonder, excited to see you move as we build and establish your kingdom. 
We thank you, Jesus, for your love. We thank you for your calling. And we ultimately thank you for the price that you paid to save us all. We honor you with our lives and let us be edifying unto you each and every day. Jesus, we love you. We praise your holy name. Amen. If you're here today and you need prayer, our altar ministers will be here. If you need to just come and be at the altar, you can live right, love everybody, and pray hard. We'll see you next time. Thank you.